You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and we've been chatting with the Irish organisations about uh, emerging from COVID and getting back together, getting re-established, getting organised, and the challenges that that presents. And uh, we're going to have a chat with Kay O'Hegarty, and Kay is coordinating for the Irish Society Seniors, or the Irish Seniors Group, I should say. And the Irish Seniors Group, a particularly vulnerable group, because... Uh, you know, when we all get to a certain stage in our life, we the number of friends we have gradually diminishes. It diminishes, and there's that's just a fact of life. And many people find themselves in uh, where they're now alone, and they would have spent their lives with other people, and they're very dependent upon community and their peers and those that they have something in common with. The uh, Irish Seniors Group has been providing support for many years, and uh, Kay is going to give us a little bit of background on that, and uh, how they have dealt with, coped with, and are now coming out of the restrictions of COVID. Kay, thanks a million for coming along. Well, thank you for inviting me, Austin. I think hopefully I summarized somewhere some of the challenges. I think you did it very well, actually. Um, absolutely. And we are um, the Irish Senior Social Group, Ottawa. And um, we happily are launching into our 16th year of activities, which is great. And um, hopefully uh, we can see each other face-to-face in the next year. But, of course, that's... Uh, that's depending on COVID regulations. Um, how did we cope during the past? Um, I guess the, our last meeting was in early March, I think about the 3rd of March of uh, 2020. And of course, at that point, none of us, none of us thought that we wouldn't see each other again face to face for all this time. So the challenge for us at that time, um, as, as you say, we were all seniors. And let me just break that down a little bit for you. We're, we're, we have 75 members on our books. Uh, now, not all 75 members are come out to our, what are our weekly meetings. Uh, of the 75, uh, 40, 45 ish are very, very dedicated regulars. And they come to a meeting once a week for, it's a two and a half, our meeting, we serve um, uh, potluck lunch, tea, coffee, and we have a very interesting agenda, you know, where we have guest speakers, we have games, trivia, um, anyway, music days, poetry readings, um, various people in the group, uh, you know, uh, all retirees, of course, and we all come with different backgrounds from our, our uh, work life. So uh, members of the group present very interesting uh, stories as well. Uh, so to get back to the, the COVID, we immediately had to launch into um, – well, how are, how are we going to manage this? Because the group um, who do are, who are the regular ITs, uh, attendees, uh, and indeed some of the people that we don't see that often, but are very much in contact with us, uh, we felt that it was really important that um, you know we maintain the contact um, as as well as possible. So our first thing was our steering committee, where which are seven people. Um, 
we divide up the list of members between us and and, ascend, and and created a phone tree. And the responsibility of each one of us then would be to keep in touch with the members that were on our list. That was the first thing. That was very, very successful, actually, and wonderful. Um, the second thing was we decided that um, we would have a daily email contact. Now, not every member of our group has a computer even um, or is interested in email, so the phone calls were really, really important for them. And we managed to get, you know, a newsletter or news, important news to them in other ways. Um, our um, communications person sent out an email every day, and that email would be jokes, <laughs> little stories from people, what was happening in the community. That would be fairly short. And then we created a newsletter, uh, and the newsletter went out every 12 days approximately. Sometimes it would be 14 days. That was a bit longer, and that would consist of... Um, submissions by everybody in the group and uh, there would be things like uh, you know stories from Ireland news from Ireland if people were watching RTE they would put in what they'd seen on RTE poetry uh, recipes uh, that sort of thing it was usually, usually about a two pager and that worked out very well and towards the end of the uh, the um, shutdown shall we call it, uh, we were in touch with um, the principal of uh, school in Gatineau and um, we, pre we created, or he and with us, created a pen friend project and that was a lot of fun. And about 20, I think there were about 22 members of our group um, participated in that. So that was a lot of fun. Also, uh, during the pandemic, um, the Gales um, here in Ottawa were wonderful with us. They they took on the seniors, I think, as their special. I don't I don't want to call it project, but uh, <laughs> they they took on you know the communication with us, and uh, um, on two occasions. Uh, shared gifts with us. Everybody got a gift. At Christmas time, um, the young Era Oak kids uh, wrote individual Christmas, handmade Christmas cards to each of our members and, and then had a gift of uh, a box of Irish chocolates, which was, it was it really, that was so impressive, Austin. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, when the weather changed and COVID, uh, COVID uh, regulations allowed, um, we did picnics in the park. Right. And we actually had two picnics in the park. And I want to say that it was sometime towards the end of, it might have been towards the end of June, July, maybe. And, uh, and then uh, regulations changed again. So we had those two meetings and then it stopped. So we resumed those meetings in the park again at the end of August, and we've had three three such meetings there, and people love that, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, of course, now, um, as of today, we've signed our lease uh, for our new venue. That was the other thing that was really uh, unfortunate during all this time. 
um, where we'd been renting, the hall we'd been renting for a number of years, uh, decided that they were not going to renew our lease. So um, there was quite a challenge in, in finding a new venue during COVID period because most halls didn't even want to discuss, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. rentals. But we, we did find a new venue and uh, it looks very, very good. We're very, we just signed the lease today, so we're very happy with it. Uh, it's, it presents a challenge for us as a group, though, because it, it's going to be a long drive for some people, and some people who are still taking buses are going to have to contend with, you know, maybe changing buses. And, and, and for our group, I should say, not too much is a challenge for our group, actually, Austin. People are pretty well up to the challenge. Right. Uh, and, um, and, and I, can I just say to you that in our group, we have eight, eight 90 year olds. Right. One of whom is out sailing today. Another one is out on the golf course. So they're a very, we're a very active group. Then the rest, I think the, the larger group are probably between 70 and 80. Right. Um, so, uh, apart, I think the only thing that they don't like to do is take a good many buses because most people are still driving. Right, right. We lost, uh, four of our members died during the pandemic. And that was not not uh, of COVID, but of pre-existing uh, conditions. They they'd been hospitalised and uh, were not well prior to the pandemic. Uh, another member lost her husband during the pandemic, and uh, that was very sad because you couldn't do what one would normally do. You to mourn the loss. You know, you couldn't go to a service. You couldn't go to a wake. So that was that was very sad, actually. Um, but when you say when you when you say that, uh, Kay, I think it highlights as well that during the last eighteen months, particularly that as a, a, a group, that ye are quite cohesive. So when the four members uh, are the four people that uh, their uh, family who were grieving. Yes. We're, yes. we're surrounded virtually by you guys and you were able to come together. And for many, that did not happen because they didn't have that level of support. So, again, indicative of the, I won't say the, the subtle support that you guys provide for each other because it's very tangible when it's needed. And in times like this where people were isolated for so long um, that in difficult circumstances, you had set up a methodology of being able to rally around somebody and support them. The other thing that struck me as you were talking was when you were saying you had your phone tree. I know that for those who were making the calls, having taken on the challenge of reaching out and calling other people is hugely therapeutic in itself. And... um, that they can get up in the morning and say, you know, I'm going to call these 10 people today. Um, that also is a very fulfilling exercise at a time like this. And I think it's those kind of things also keep people very grounded because mental health issues, as we've heard an awful lot over the last 18 months, were very much a part of this pandemic and isolation and not having somebody call the way you guys called each other or not having somebody to call the way you guys had to call each other presented a real problem for lots of people. Um, exactly. 
Exactly. I should just say to you, Austin, that um, the the, the um, motto of our group is caring and friendship. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, oh my goodness, how we needed that during this pandemic. It's, um, it's forged stronger friendships in the mm-hmm. group, I think, uh, in that there was a lot of self-disclosure happening too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and um, you know it strengthened those those bonds. Um, I should say to you that um, the uh, lest I forget at this point, uh, we should really give thanks up to the um, Embassy of Ireland here in Ottawa. Uh, because, of course, um, this group was started 16 years ago. Um, is it 16? We got our first grant in 2005. Yeah, that's 16 years. And uh, it was started uh, with the help of that grant from Ireland. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the years since then, uh, we've continued to get that grant. And, uh, of course, we are very careful in that we, you know, we... we do our reportage and we're, we're responsible for keeping track of that money and letting the embassy know how it's spent, obviously. And, um, they are supportive of us and work very collaboratively with us. So, um, we have to give a real thanks to them, you know. Indeed. But you also mentioned something else that triggered in me. You said, you know, you were talking about, um, when you had the outdoor gatherings. And you were trying to remember was the end of July or end of June. And I've heard a phrase, and it's so relevant. And it's what I've heard people talk about COVID amnesia. And COVID amnesia being that we've lost an awful lot of our markers. And the markers being like Canada Day. So you knew something was before or after Canada Day. Or even St. Patrick's Day, and you knew something was before or after in your head. But we've lost that clock. And that makes things particularly difficult in looking back over the last 18 months to kind of put a clock and a time frame on some stuff. And that can be very disconcerting for people. Totally. Oh, I agree with you totally. That is uh, COVID amnesia. I don't know if I've heard that phrase before, but it's it's very descriptive of what can happen. And and I'll tell you how it it can be upsetting for people. we have one, we had one member who, when um, when we were setting up the date for what would be the next picnic, <laughs> and um, I sent out an, e- an email giving the date, and um, I got a call uh, about three days before uh, from this person, and um, she was all, she was in tears, and she said, oh, "I am so upset, Kay." Well, why? Well, she said, I've, I've realized that I have a doctor's appointment that day and I cannot go to the picnic. And she said, I am going to miss meeting my friends so much. Mm-hmm. Um, even though a lot of us, of course, have most of us have family in Ottawa and, uh, you know, uh, there's that, but the Irish seniors group is there, fa- is, another family, another type of family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's because of, you know, who we are, really. Uh, basically, we're set up to keep Irish-born seniors and seniors of Irish ex- extraction in touch with their cultural heritage 
and with each other and with the Irish community at large mm-hmm. here in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And that's and that is a different type of family to the biological Well, and the other thing you mentioned, Kay, which I thought very poignant, and that was that in a time like this, given the extent of time that was involved, how people had to develop trust in each other and, uh, as a result, uh, exposed some of their vulnerabilities. And that, has, that, that, that brought the relationship between a number of people to a level that it would never have gone to were it not for this type of a situation. But at the other end of it, people are coming out in many ways stronger. Oh, absolutely. I do agree with you. Very much stronger. And I think, uh, and I think the other thing, and the respect for each other, uh, the respect for each other by just taking the precautions to start mm-hmm. off with. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to, it's the funny thing that uh, I have a son who lives in New York. And uh, early March, he had called me and he said, Mom, I hope you're not having your meetings. I hope you've stopped. And I said, oh, no, why? And, of course, he was right into uh, the, the situation in New York. And I thought, oh, well, you know, that's a little bit over the top. That's not going to apply to us. Nevertheless, um, you know, I made the announcement to people that, you know, this this does not look good. And, uh, you know, make sure that you use the disinfect the uh, hand sanitizer and, you know, we've got one at the station and we've got some gear and make sure six people use that, six out of about 45 people in the lineup for the food table. (laughs) And they said, oh, that's so alarmist. That is not going to happen to us. And within four days of that meeting, one of our members who had who has COPD ended up in the hospital with symptoms that very much mimicked COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, and we had to wait to get mm-hmm. the results. She was hospitalized for a couple of nights, days, and we had to wait for the results. Well, I'm telling you, the movement from that skepticism to complete, um, you know, uh, I wouldn't say alarm, but um, we're just needing to comply with the regulations and and to ensure that everybody complied with them. It, but people made that that shift very quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it it shows also. And, and aren't we happy? We're so happy that not one of our group had COVID. That person didn't have COVID at all. But not one person in our group has contracted COVID, which is is wonderful, you know. But I think there, there's also a bit of a, a, a motto in our group because of the age of the group. I, the youngest person in the group at the moment is 75. And I think we've all lived a lot of life. A lot of us are immigrants. And so we've done a lot in our lives and we've coped with a lot. And with lots of challenges too, you know. And uh, so we feel that this has only strengthened all that. Indeed, indeed. Okay, we're going to have to wrap up. So if people are trying to get in touch, want to know what's going on, as soon as you open your doors, you will be meeting on Tuesdays as normal. We'll be meeting, we're starting on the 28th, which is next Tuesday, and we will be meeting every Tuesday uh, from 11 until approximately 2. We book the hall for three hours. We normally have a potluck lunch, as you know, uh, tea and coffee, 
Um, we will not be serving a potluck lunch now for obvious reasons because of regulations. And the numbers that um, can meet, we just learned today that we can only have 30 people meet. So that's our, our new challenge. How are we going to keep the numbers to 30? But we'll, we'll meet that challenge too, you know. So people would obviously need to um, register effectively in advance to say, I'm yeah. coming this day. That's right. We'd have to have them pre-register. And, uh, and and at the moment, the, where we're meeting, there's a very nice little grassy area outside the hall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people, if, if the whole group wants to come, we've decided that maybe some can sit outside where they're permitting. And, right. Uh, you know. right. And then um, as the year goes on, and are you hopeful that you, you – I'm sure you're hopeful you will be able to resume some of what would have been your regular activities. Absolutely, uh, of course, yeah. And pe- our people want that. Everything has to be normalised now, yeah. I think. Yeah. But we're we're also very well aware that this can change, and we have to adapt to the change and go back to what we did when we really were in lockdown, if necessary. And but, but we're set up for that now, so you know that makes it easier. Where can people get information, Kay? Uh, people can get information. Uh, by phoning, there are two num- phone numbers I can give you. Uh, they can phone uh, Pat Marshall, who is our uh, communications person, and she's at 613-236-1427. Or they can call me, K.O. Haggerty, at 613-829-8467. And Austin, thank you very much. I think you are putting it on your, um, on your, um, what shall I call it? your list of your program list, right? Yep. Yeah, we'll be putting it out there. We'll put it out there in a variety of ways. And yeah. Um, yeah. So Kay, thanks a million for taking the time. It has been good chatting, and uh, I'm hopeful that as things ease up and uh, the restrictions uh, ease, and more and more people are allowed into the rooms, that uh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll get the opportunity to drop down some Tuesday as well. You have an open invitation, Austin. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Kay. Today.